Hey guys, what are we doing this week? <laughs> oh, like you care. <laughs> You're leaving for vacation <laughs> soon anyway, you don't care. <laughs> That's absolutely correct. I do not. <laughs> I did. Uh, no prep. And you're going to have to tell me what's going on because I'm elsewhere. I want to know how this is different from any other recording session with you, though. <laughs> it's, that's fair. That's fair. Andy coming in hot this morning. <laughs> well, Allie, actually, today we have a pretty busy episode. We're going to talk about uh, federal law enforcement Ooh. and their use in domestic circumstances. Uh, so it will be very, yeah, it's going to be a controversial and uh, exciting episode. Too hot for the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and then I do also want to give a shout out to some law professors who are going to be teaching uh, kind of the basics of law using old episodes of Seinfeld which is a cool idea that I wish I had thought of. Going to law school, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that our listeners have joined us, and I'm glad that you've joined us today too, Allie. (laughs) Oh, I'm excited. Sounds like a great episode. You guys have worked really hard. (laughs) Welcome to Fine Laws, Don't Judge Me. Welcome to Fine Laws Don't Judge Me, the podcast about the real life of lawyering. I'm Laura Temme, and I'm joined by Allie Marshall. Hello. Sort of. You've got one foot out the door with your vacation coming up. I oh, get it. I, it's, I need it like <laughs> I've never needed anything in my life. <laughs> I totally understand. Uh, we also have Joe Fawbush. Hey, everybody. And Andy Leonati. Yep. <laughs> so... Yeah, I, you know, honestly, that's how I feel about the topics that we're covering today. It's just federal <laughs> law enforcement. Yep. Um, but first, before we get to our main discussion, Joe has a segment on a Seinfeld themed law school. So, Joe, why don't you take it away? Joe. <laughs> so that was that was awesome, and it all goes downhill from here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I did want to briefly uh, kind of give a shout out to some law professors. Uh, there's this group called the Yada Yada Law School. Uh, they started on Twitter, and what they're doing is they're throwing up some videos on YouTube using old episodes of Seinfeld to teach uh, law concepts, kind of the basic legal concepts. <clears throat> Love and it. It's, yeah, it's actually, I, w- I wish I had thought of this idea. And uh, <laughs> it's for a good cause. They're supporting the legal services of New York City, which was obviously hit hard in the pandemic. So they're going to, they're mm-hmm. raising, uh, their goal is $15,000 and they're almost there actually. And that helps support low income NYC residents who, you know, are displaced and impacted by the pandemic. Um, but these are really cool ideas. They give each other fun names like the Serenity Now Foundation Chair and the <laughs> Jacobo J. Peterman Chair. Jacopo. Oh, is it Jacopo? Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, Joe, remember that we've got a big Seinfeld fan in the cast. It's here. me, Jacopo. <laughs> He's just going to say lines from Seinfeld the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, we're going to lead into the next segment with what is the deal with federal law enforcement? <laughs> I have to say also that raising money for charity is very unseinfeldian. These those <laughs> those those 
they only raised money for fake charities to make money <laughs> for, right. them, for themselves. So <laughs> that's that right. true. But that is one of the reasons why it's so easy to teach the lot based on Seinfeld episodes. Cause you know, if you think of all the shenanigans that they get up to, um, you know, there's an episode on the package where basically Kramer commits mail fraud and, um, you know, there's Elaine's muffin top company, which like, <laughs> how do you get a muffin top company started? Um, so there's a lot of stuff to mine there and it's pretty cool. And, you know, ostensibly they say that the, the classes are about nothing, but really it's actually mm-hmm. kind of a good intro to, to some basic legal concepts. So if any of our listeners are not lawyers or are considering going to law school, this is actually kind of a good way to see if you're interested in, in some of the stuff that you'd learn in your first year of law school. So it's a really cool idea. And um, yeah, I would encourage our listeners to, you can just Google yada yada law school and it should appear. And I'll also put uh, a link in the show notes, but yeah, check it out. Uh, Donate if you can. But yeah, it's it's a really cool idea and it's a lot of fun. Quick, what's everyone's favorite Seinfeld episode? (gasps) Oh boy. Well, this, I mean, (laughs) this, the soup Nazi is a classic, obviously. I don't know, there's so many. Soup Nazi's a good one. I mentioned uh. the bisque. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the problem, right? Because this is a, uh, you know, business podcast. So some of these episodes, I don't know. Um, I, I actually like the finale. I know that people had mixed feelings about the finale, but I thought it was really good. Totally agree, Joe. They are garbage people who got their comeuppance just like they deserve. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm going to confess something. I actually haven't seen the end of the show. So, um, what? Now, I know. I, oh. I haven't seen all of Seinfeld. I'm sorry. Um, I do really like the episode where they're stuck in a parking ramp for the entire oh, episode. Yeah. Yes. I find yeah. that one yes. very relatable. <laughs> and a true episode can. about nothing. Yeah, that's one of my favorites of the early seasons, I think. Along the same lines, mine is the Chinese restaurant. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a a fantastic (laughs) one. I'm just waiting for a table. (laughs) (laughs) Also a great episode about nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of like, it's kind of like our podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, you know, actually, that's funny, though. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring it up. Because if there's anything that fits kind of the theme of our podcast, it's this. Teaching the law based on Seinfeld episodes. It's, uh, it's something we aspire to every week. I mean, I basically, I basically live my life as like a combination of like Star Trek and Seinfeld. So they both form my, uh, my moral compass. You know, that actually explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the show you said was about garbage people, and that is your forms the basis of your moral compass. Yeah, I mean, it's I have. I what have, is it like? What not to do? I have. I have a very Jerry esque disdain for most people. <laughs> um, but then I also try to always remember Mr. Spock's embrace of logic. Yeah. And they, they do kind of, many times, they do kind of serve to uh, inform each other. Yeah. And help me, help me, na- help me navigate this uh, stupid world that we find ourselves living in. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we're, going, we're going to deep into Andy's psyche. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't expect to get this much of a, a peek behind the curtain of Andy's brain, but I like it. <laughs> George Costanza, with this concept of a yada yada law school for charity, he, he would say, charity, how can these people be so selfish? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't say that's how I, you know, go through the world, but there is a very, there is a very uh, Jerry and Larry David-esque part of my life where someone has always asked me, oh, you want to do this thing that sounds exciting that everybody else is into? And I'm just kind of sitting there going like, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> like the English patient? <laughs> yeah, or the English patient. Yeah, just like, this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like three hours long. <laughs> we just went down such a such a rabbit hole on Seinfeld, more so than I thought. So we're going to take a quick break, and up next we'll get to our main discussion on federal law enforcement in Portland. Artificial intelligence continues to reshape America's legal system. One sophisticated AI tool is QuickCheck Judicial, which analyzes multiple filings from a single matter, showing judges what cases you and your opponent did or did not cite. This gives judges greater insight into both sides' arguments. But what if you could gain that same insight using the same tool your judge has? Well, now you can. QuickCheck Judicial is coming later this summer. Be the first to see it. Visit tr.com forward slash quick hyphen check. And we're back for our main segment for the day. We're discussing federal law enforcement powers and all kinds of other fun implications of that. Um, so over the last week or so, we've seen some disturbing reports and videos coming out of Portland, Oregon, where federal law enforcement officers are allegedly pulling protesters off the street, putting them in unmarked vehicles and detaining them without probable cause. Now, these allegations have some serious constitutional implications. So today we're going to talk a bit about separation of powers and the Insurrection Act and all kinds of other really fun things. So I guess let's start things off with sort of the big question, if true, is this a violation of the First Amendment and possibly the Fourth Amendment as well? I can take this one. Yes. I'm going to go with a, a hearty yes on that one. <laughs> it, it's actually a, a pretty straightforward question, right? I mean, if you're, if you're kidnapping people, then that is a violation of their constitutional rights. I mean, mm -hmm. the question is, is fact-based. It's not basically about the law it's it's right. about whether this paramilitary operation is actually doing what they're alleged to do and if they are then it is so i've seen a lot of discussion pointing to play a little bit of devil's advocate i'm gonna feel i'm gonna need like eight showers after doing this but <laughs> the so-called uh, van snatching is the federal agents or contractors or whoever they are Anyway, the spiriting away that they are doing of, of some of these people is that they are basically just throwing you in a van like the Postal Service does with Kramer when he tries to stop his junk mail. <laughs> Nicely done. Full circle. Nice. You like that? They're basically just doing it to take people to a more secure location for questioning and then people are being released. Not being held, you know, indefinitely yeah. in some Gitmo style 
place in in Central Oregon. Still feels kind of gross. And I, I've seen similar reports, yeah, where they're saying, oh, we're taking people in for questioning. They're not preemptively arresting people. I think that's the look that they're trying to avoid. And yeah. rightly so, because that's an unconstitutional look. <laughs> <laughs> this year's trends in law enforcement are pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wearing f- tons of football safety padding but then still snatching people off the street because you don't feel safe camouflage and no badges be comfortable be cool <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah you're right what I, I guess what where i was going with that is that yeah andy you're right if that is the case then there might be more of a basis for them to do that kind of thing but the problem is we just don't know we don't know what the truth is at this point Yeah, and as our qualified immunity debate highlighted, uh, law enforcement can pretty much claim whatever the hell they want uh, because like, oh, well, we didn't feel safe right here talking to people out here on the street, so we had to throw them in a van and maybe put a hood over their face Mm -hmm. so they didn't know where we were taking them. Yada, yada, yada. (laughs) Good one. Wait, did the hood over the face, is that, did that happen? Or are you just... Who knows? I don't think. I, I mean, the, the big one was um, a person in Portland who said that he was just snatched off the street and placed in a van. They didn't identify themselves. They didn't tell them where he was going. And yeah, that's they took him to the courthouse and questioned him and then released him. But my understanding is you still need probable cause if you're going exactly. to take somebody yeah. off of the street. So, I mean, whether you're arresting them or not, I mean, it, it you can't just snatch people off of the street without probable cause. So it, it seems to me like the defense that uh, the DHS Special Operations Unit has is that they're they had reason to believe that this person was defacing federal property. And in that case, mm-hmm. if, if, they're, if they think that somebody committed a federal crime, then they can detain that person for questioning. But if, they, if they're just out protesting and you just take them off the street, then it's clearly a violation of both their Fourth Amendment right against unreasonable search and seizure. And it's also a violation of First Amendment rights because people have a perfectly uh, legal right to protest. Mm -hmm. So one of the things you bring up leads to another big question about this. You know, you mentioned like damage to federal property and that kind of thing. So something else we should probably talk about is whether um, these federal agents have the authority to be there in the first place, especially when local authorities have not asked them to be there. Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I, I did kind of look at some of the history of the use of the military in domestic law enforcement. It's not quite the same thing because these are not military. I mean, they're dressing like military, mm-hmm. but they're not actually military. They're they're part of the DHS and maybe the ATF. The president signed an executive order uh, back in June, kind of directing the Department of Homeland Security to protect federal property. And they argue that the way that Congress set up the DHS, it's legal for Trump to issue this executive order. And then they're also able to protect federal property. And that's why they're being sent. That isn't really being questioned, whether they have the legal right to defend federal property. The question is whether 
they're actually doing that. That's maybe not their real goal, I think, is the allegation. That their real goal is more to generate controversy, uh, generate headlines, you know, make it more of a confrontation than it would otherwise be. And I think that's where the issue is. It's more of a political thing because historically, presidents have understandably been very reluctant to use federal agencies in this kind of circumstance because Americans don't like it, which, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't. So, (laughs) Right. Yeah, as we talk more and more about trying to get police departments to embrace de-escalation training. I mean, the videos that we've seen out of Portland run pretty counter to that. Yeah. Um, Especially showing, you know, the groups of moms that have tried to stand in front of the protesters and then they Mm -hmm. get tear gassed and, or that veteran who had his hand broken as he Mm -hmm. stood in front of some of the law enforcement officers and asked them to remember their oath of office. And then he just like gets his hand broken via a rubber bullet. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because, yeah, speaking of police reform, I mean, the Oregon police now cannot use tear gas in those situations uh, because Mm -hmm. of a Portland law. Tear gas hadn't been used against protesters in quite some time, but then these federal authorities are not bound by that because they're, Mm -hmm. they're enforcing federal law. And so all of a sudden tear gas comes back into the the conversation and the and the situation, which maybe just escalates the protests, um, which again, depending on your political view, may be one of the reasons why they're there to begin with is to escalate rather than de-escalate the situation. Mm-hmm. I also I have another question. I want to see what you think or if you've done any reading on this with the whole concept of these guys not identifying themselves when you know, apprehending someone. What's the self-defense, you know, kind of legal argument for that? What it, you know, God forbid. I mean, what if somebody just sees some dudes coming at them and they think, oh, these are some sort of weirdo militia. Oh, come at me, militias. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are weird. <laughs> and they, and they, <laughs> and they, and they like pull out their mm-hmm. own concealed carry weapon or something like that. I mean, it's a valid question because, you know, at least as far as I know, it's not uncommon in Portland for people, for civilians to walk around in camouflage with their own weapons. You know, that's that's not unusual. The militia movement is strong in rural Oregon. Mm-hmm. That's actually a great point, Andy. And that's something that the attorney general in Oregon actually said in her lawsuit was that, you know, because if Maybe it is just uh, militia who like to dress up in army fatigues. And in that case, it's a kidnapping. And in that case, you Mm -hmm. can absolutely use self-defense. If it's federal law enforcement, resisting arrest is then a federal crime. And so Mm -hmm. what they're doing is they're placing these people in a situation where they don't understand what their legal rights are. And that's one of the reasons why the Oregon AG filed the lawsuit to begin with, saying like, hey, you guys can't do this. But yeah, it's it's a legitimate question, and and you do wonder if that's going to happen because I mean that's it's a pretty tense situation, and if somebody is carrying a gun, you could see it escalating, and, mm-hmm. and whatever is the result of that confrontation, it's it's not going to be a good result. There there's no way for that to end well. It's a great topic, and I I think you guys really covered it well. But um, do you know what sounds really good right now? <laughs> what going on vacation? <laughs> yes. 
This was a lot to think about. I feel like I need a week off yeah. to digest it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it is it is weird because so much of it is very straightforward, but then other parts of it are incredibly complicated. And so, yeah, it's a lot to a lot to think about. Now, are you going anywhere, Allie? Are you traveling? Yeah, I know. I was thinking I should probably explain. I am not being irresponsible about my vacation i feel like people will be like you shouldn't be going anywhere um but thankfully <laughs> I hope our I, listeners don't talk like the wicked don't witch sound the like that. <laughs> they're all a bunch of they're all our grandmas apparently <laughs> you better not be going anywhere <laughs> young lady Oh boy. No, um, we are, yeah, we're going up north, uh, which in Minnesota means basically anywhere out of the city, <laughs> usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to a place where there really aren't other people in the wilderness, which will mm-hmm. be great. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, we are going on vacation the week after to somewhere similar where we will be taking all of our groceries and everything with us yeah. in the car, not interacting with a Single solitary soul, if I can help it. (laughs) You Wisconsinites are just going to have to look at me, but you can't talk to me. (laughs) Well, when you get back, we'll see what happens. If there are federal agents in Chicago and New York City, and uh, where else have they been threatened to go? I think Chicago is the main Um, one. They just announced that. Yeah, Chicago is next. Yeah, New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, Baltimore, and Oakland, California. This does seem to be a, a push that's going to happen this summer. So yeah, this is not a not a good time to travel because our passports are now virtually useless, and true, our own cities may have some escalating situations coming up. Well, uh, I mean, it means more work for lawyers, so you know that's <laughs> good. Hey, they need they need the work. That's that's good. Hey, that is very true. Yeah. Yeah, if we've got constitutional violations right and left, then, yeah, there's more work for our colleagues out there. Obviously, this is a very big topic that is somehow both simple and extremely complicated, so we'll end it there for today. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Fine Laws Don't Judge Me. And we're all taking a little time off in the coming weeks. We're taking a leaf out of Allie's book. So look for our next episode on August 27th. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts. And if there are topics you'd like to hear us cover, send us an email at finelawpodcasts at thompsonreuters.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.